bridge Let's travel the world together She can make it easy and in any kind of weather No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down She's talking from the skies and sending lots of feel-good sounds Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt Betty and the Jets Oh, she's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Betty and the Jets Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase I'm Betty I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories about wipes, Canada, birds, air marshals, celebrities, India, and a hotel fire. Let's get on with the show. This was a rather interesting flight. On my way to Europe, there was a young pretty girl in a wheelchair, and, uh, she boarded early um, in an aisle chair. She, her, she had no use of her legs. And we're, uh, we're going to Europe. It's a long flight. Now, you might think that we do this often, but we don't. Um, we have a aisle chair, wheelchair on board for the passengers, like if they have to go to the bathroom. But they rarely request it. I mean, I think they just, they have certain... Maybe they don't drink that much water. They have other ways around it. I don't know, but we don't have to do it that often. And so uh, we had just finished the meal service. We we're still picking up, and we get word that she wants to use the onboard wheelchair for the bathroom. And we we're like, okay. You know, uh, me and this other girl were like, okay, we're game. We'll do it. We'll take care of it. So uh, this is not an easy process. Uh, everything on an airplane has to be strapped down. You guys know that everything has to be secure, has to be in the overhead bin. Well, the onboard wheelchair is really strapped down. I don't want it flying around in turbulence. So, and it's behind the lat, and also there's no space on an airplane. So it's latched in behind the last row of seats. And we've got our phones out, the flashlight, we're trying to unstrap it. It's locked in. We got one, we're like, yay. And then there's another one. And then, you know, we don't use it that often. And, uh, just think about an airplane, and we get it out, we get it open, and it's all dirty. It's been back there, and it doesn't get used, you know? We're like, we can't take this up there for this pretty young girl. So we're like, get the wipes, get the wipes, clean it off. And at this point, she's asking, you know, I want the onboard wheelchair. Well, she doesn't realize that we're not even anywhere near close to this now. Now we've got to get the bathroom ready. So I've talked about this particular Airbus before, before, but it's it's got... Two bathrooms, one on each aisle with a wall in between. Now, for a wheelchair passenger, we are able to take that middle wall down so that they can get the wheelchair in there. But on this air, I've done it on a different plane with a different type of a way to make a bathroom bigger. But I've never done this particular plane. Nobody on our crew has done this But we're like, okay, we're both game. We're like, we'll figure it out. Well, the first thing we got to do is we got to get the the, both the bathrooms have to be open. So we're just waiting for passengers to come out, you know, especially right after the meal service, everybody gets up to go to the bathroom. So, of course, there's people in both of them. So the one on the one side 
somebody comes out and the other flight attendant locks the door open. Okay, so we're good. Now we're waiting on the other aisle for the other one. And the other one is where we have a key to open this, unlock the wall to push it in. So a guy comes out, I've retrieved the key. We're like, okay, we got this. So she unlocks. Well, first, we also have to, first thing we did was, there's also a lock where you can make the door bigger to get the wheelchair in. So we've got that door open. So now all we have to do is get this wall open. So she's got the key and neither of us have done it before. I don't even think we ever even saw a video, but you know, we're like, we'll figure it out. So we unlock it and we're thinking, okay, does it? We think, okay, I think it, you push it. And then, so we start pushing and we're like, yeah, it feels like it can push. So we push and then the wall like bounces back. And we're like, oh. And then both of us were like, maybe it's kind of like the wheelchair. It never gets used. There's a bunch of gunk in there. So we push a little harder. There's two of us. We're pushing on the wall. And it, the wall comes back at us. And we're like, huh, maybe we're not doing it right. Maybe it's not a push. So we push. And then the wall comes back. And then the other flight attendant goes, oh, somebody went in that bathroom. And they're pushing the wall back. So sure enough. We go to the, we run out, we go to the other aisle, and there's somebody in the bathroom. They had figured out how to unlock the door that we had locked open and went in there, and there's a wall coming in, and they're pushing it back. The funniest thing about this whole thing was that passenger, you're in a bathroom on an airplane, and the wall, not the door, the wall is coming in. Wouldn't you think this is a weird thing? Wouldn't she have been like, ah, like in my last episode, hi, yeah, <laughs> like, like something, nothing. So uh, she's in a bathroom on an airplane in the wall and the wall looks just like a wall is coming in and she's just pushing it back like, eh. so she comes out totally nonplussed. Like nothing happened, just goes to her seat. And the two of us, me and the other flight attendant are like, what? Like, like she did it three times. She just pushed the wall back. Like, well, this happens all the time. <laughs> so they were flying to Europe on a long flight. And one of the toilets was broken in that, of course, I've seen it like this, where it just kept flushing. It kept flushing continuously. And this passenger said to the flight attendant, um, I'm worried. And she was like, about what? And he said, it's going to suck all the air out of the airplane. And she's looking at the passenger. She goes, I don't think it works that way. On a flight to Johannesburg, right. long flight, passengers had a lovely dinner. The flight attendant has uh, worked with him many times. Oh, okay. And in he, first class. Yeah. And uh, they're friends, sort of, you know. Yeah. And um, he says, I'm going to take an ambient and go to sleep. And she said, mm, you've had quite a bit to drink. Please don't take an ambient. Just go to sleep. Right. Well, he takes his ambient. And then about an hour later, the lady next to him is ringing the call button. And he's taken off all his clothes. I don't know why they always... What is that compulsion, though? That they always have to take their clothes off? I don't know. But anyway, so he's taken off all his clothes. So she tucks him in, you know, and uh, puts the blanket around him and stuff. And she takes all his clothes. 
but she took all his clothes and <laughs> folds them up very neatly and puts them away and you know so that so they don't get lost <laughs> when he wakes up he's like I'm completely naked surprise <laughs> and she's on break <laughs> and nobody's gonna wake her up you're like well and he you know he knows her name of course well, get her they're like we will when she's done yeah done. And, and, then, and then he's like that was well, actually really smart yeah because that's, that's basically the story. Yeah, but that's a good, it really is smart because it does teach him a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't get up and go to the bathroom. I mean, if he had, when did he go to the bathroom? The toga. He'd have to wear the toga. Yes. <laughs> Okay, this story might be funnier to flight attendants, but I'll try to explain it to you. So we have speakers on our flights going to countries where they speak a different language. So we call them speakers, but they're language of destination flight attendants. So they speak Spanish and German and Dutch and Italian, and we have a couple of them on each flight so that they can make the PAs in that language, that type of thing. And we, all of us wear wings with our name on it, but the speakers also have a little bar with the name of the language they speak so that the passengers can know which flight attendant speaks their language. So you can have Espanol, uh, in German it's Deutsch. And so, um, they were on this flight to Germany, and this passenger asked this female flight attendant, um, hey, can you go get the male flight attendant? He was helping me with something. And she was like, well, we have a couple male flight attendants on this plane. And he said, well, the tall one. And she was like, no, 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 help. So she went and got the one male flight attendant, and uh, he goes, oh, no, it's it's not that one. And she goes, oh, then you must mean Paul. And she he was like, no, that's not his name. So now she's confused because it's not the one male flight attendant. There's only two male flight attendants. So she goes up to Paul and says, hey, were you helping that older guy um, with something? Because he wants, and she, he was like, oh, yeah, I was helping him. I'll go over there. And so then later in the flight, that old guy waves her over again. And she's thinking, what now? What does he need now? So he said, um, I, I, didn't think, I didn't think his name was Paul. And she was like, what did you think his name was? And he said, his name said douche. <laughs> he thought his name was douche. His Deutsch means German. The pool where I live is closed, so I've been doing a lot of kayaking. The kayaking is great. Um, it's just nice being out on the water. It's so pretty. Lots of times I go at sunset. Well, there's this one particular bird. I should know what kind of bird it is. It's a tall bird. And I like to take pictures of the wildlife when I'm out there. And um, this bird, I can try to be so quiet in my kayak, you know. I just want to come up and get a picture. And as soon as I get anywhere near him, now granted, it might not be the same bird. It could be just all this type of bird. But I'm thinking it might be the same bird. I don't know. But this bird, when I get anywhere near him, flies off and makes a sound very, very evident that he is displeased with me <laughs> bothering him. And this is the sound the bird makes when he flies off. <laughs> I 
So this, I don't, I'm hoping this story isn't offensive, but it's hard to know what's offensive. It's hard to make any, you can't notice what's happening without something being offensive. But anyway, I'm going to try to tell it where it's not offensive. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But what I find interesting, I don't know if I ever mentioned I had a, I minored in psychology in college, and I find human behavior fascinating. So I notice trends, like one of the things that I say to people that I find interesting, that in my lifetime, there's been a trend there's been a change, a big change, where people always thought you had to get married or something was wrong with you. Like when I was younger, they'd be like, why aren't you married? You're so pretty. What's wrong with you? That was always a strange comment. And But it was what the general public thought, that if you weren't married, there was something wrong with you. And uh, now I get comments like, oh, no, I've never been married. And they go, oh, smart girl. It's like, well, that's a big change. Well, here's another change that I'm noticing now, a new trend that I think is curious. So I'm playing with this. She's just, you know, she's older than me. And um, she made a comment and said, I'm old, I'm cranky, and I'm white. What could be worse? And I was kind of like, huh, that's an interesting comment. Like, it didn't used to be that white was a bad thing. (laughs) But these days, it seems to have come around to where it is. So then... (laughs) I mentioned it to this other flight attendant who on the flight, and she goes, oh, I had something like that just recently. And I said, what was it? She goes, oh, I was out um, I was out on a layover with this cute young white girl, and the, the girl drank too much while they were out. And she didn't know if maybe she had something to drink in her room before they got together, but she said all of a sudden she was drunk and crying. They were at dinner, and she's drunk and crying, and she blurts out, I hate being white. <laughs> And the other flight attendant is thinking, when did this become a thing? I'm at the boarding door, and this gentleman comes in, and I said, um, good afternoon, welcome aboard, sir. What seat do you have? Uh, and so he goes, uh, I have 21, eh? So I said, oh, so you have 21 Alpha, or are you Canadian? Oh, that's cute. 21A. Right? Because you know how to spell Canada, right? You have UCA, and then you have your NA, and then you have your DA. Yeah, wait, say that again. Canada. You know how to spell Canada? Well, you have your CA, and then you have your NA, and then you have your DA. It's, it's Canada. I'd like to thank any of you who were so kind and generous when you were going to buy something on Amazon. You took a few seconds and went to my website, BettyInTheSky.com. You can click on any of the Amazon ads. It doesn't cost you any more, and it supports the show. And I like to see what people buy. Somebody bought this month uh, eight hard hats. Somebody else bought cardamom pods. And somebody bought a squatty potty. (laughs) I find it humorous. Anyway, please consider going to my website, BettyInTheSky.com, when you're going to buy something on Amazon. And I thank you so very much. So my friend and I were texting back because we were on different, we're both flying to Europe, but at different times. So you don't want to wake the other person up because you're sleeping at weird times. Anyway, before he had gone to work. He was he commutes and he has a long commute, so he likes to put all of his trips together. Uh, so he's doing four trips together. But that means, especially for a man, because we we're having this long conversation before we both went to work. Uh, he's like, I got to take eight shirts. 
uh, got a, you know, it's a heavy load. I've got like eight t-shirts. And I was saying to him, you don't have to take all that. You can do wash in between your trips because he's staying at a hotel in between his trips. And it's not that nice a hotel because he's got a, you don't want to spend that much, you know, just you want to make money when you're working, right? So he's staying at not a nice airport hotel. And I said, you can do wash. He's like, well, I don't know if they have a washing machine. And I said, well, check it out or call or look online. He said, well, the problem I've had with that before is what if it's broken and then I don't have any way to wash my clothes. And I said, oh, no, that's no problem because I'm, I'm like a little bit of an expert on washing clothes in hotel rooms, because not because of work, but because when I'm traveling, I don't like to check a bag. So lots of times I'll wash things out in the sink and I've got it down pat. And I was telling him, you know, just wash it out in the sink. If you need to, there's other things in your room that can help it dry, like uh, the iron or more importantly, the hair dryer. So sometimes I'll, I'll wash it out. I might not have told him this part, which could have been the problem. Then I'll take the, the big towel and I'll put the item, say it's a dress or a shirt, and then I'll roll the water out after I wring it out in the sink. Then I roll the water out in the towel. And then if it's something that you think isn't going to dry by the next day, you can take the hair dryer and go like in the armpits and places where it's going to take longer to dry. So I said, and also the iron. So say you get up in the morning and it's not totally dry, you can iron it and that'll help finish it dry. Anyway, I thought this was fine. And then I get these texts in the middle of my trip. Bad Betty, bad Betty. And I'm thinking, bad Betty? What did I do? Bad Betty. And he's like, I caused a fire in the hotel room trying to dry my turtleneck. And I was thinking, how did you cause a fire? He said, I put it in the microwave. And I was like, bad Betty never told you to put it in the microwave. Why would you put it in the microwave? He said it caught on fire. And then there were no cups in the room. There were no cups in the room. And I needed I needed to get the water into the microwave. And he said he went to the bathroom and filled his mouth with water, then spit it on the burning turtleneck in the microwave. And I was thinking, he said he had to do it three times. And I'm like, this was the best way for you to transport water onto a fire was to put it in your mouth and spit it? Like to me, I'm thinking, uh, was there not a coffee pot, a coffee cup, a ice bucket? There seems like there should have been a lot of things that would have been better at transferring water when your turtleneck's on fire than putting it in your mouth and spitting it. <laughs> Hello. So ever since the pandemic, when we're standing at the boarding door, basically we hand out these Purell wipes. We've been doing it for a couple years now. And basically it's like what you got to do when you're saying hello, you know, hello, welcome on board. Here's your wipe. And so uh, we were we were boarding and this flight attendant had kind of walked away from the door and she was the one that it was her job to be at the door. And I'm like, hey, you're shirking your wipely duties. And she's like, my what? I'm like, your wipely duties <laughs> instead of your wifely duties. It's your wipely duties. On one that. of my flights from Paris, a gentleman who um, boarded early um, sat in his coach passenger seat on the aisle. Um, there was another gentleman who was sitting in front of him had already been seated. Um, this gentleman who, as he was putting up his bags in the coach cabin, was exceptionally irritated. He was just throwing things, whatever. Sat down, angry. as angry, 
and grabbed the seat um, yeah. in front of him as he was of the gentleman who was sitting there to ease himself down into his tiny coach seat. Um, the gentleman who was seated ahead of him kind of looked behind, kind of going, what's going on? Dude, don't grab my seat. Right. The other man who was just seated, irritated, pushed the seat and said, you know, you need to stop looking at me. Okay. You need to stop looking at me. (laughs) The flight continued. The gentleman was aggressive with the seat in front of him. We just kind of hit the seat or punch the seat or whatever. The guy would look behind him like, what are you doing, dude? At the end of the initial meal service, um, the gentleman who had been angry this whole time touches the seat at one more time, to which the men sitting in front looked at him. The first guy says, if you don't if you don't fucking stop looking at me, I'm going to fucking kick your ass. Unbeknownst to this gentleman, the man who was seated in front of right. him was a federal air marshal. <laughs> this is, it's actually very humorous to me because this happens a lot. I don't know why they target. It's like they the worst person to fight with, right? The worst. The worst person. So at which point the gentleman said, I'm going to fucking kick your ass. The guy sitting ahead of him stands up as does another air marshal who's sitting in the cabin I'm in the aisle and I'm like oh this is real he's going for his gun he's going down oh my god another flight attendant the coordinator comes out with both hands out going stop it stop it stop it stop it you gentlemen you cannot you cannot this is not going anywhere I will have to alert the captain so the federal air marshal goes to the back of the airplane. A couple of minutes later, the other federal air marshal goes to the back of the airplane, and they get on their devices, right. and they are communicating with the ground. In the meantime, the angry passenger right. demands to be moved to another part of the airplane. This guy is awful. He, you will, I will not sit with him. I will not sit here. And I want the I want the police to meet the flight. I want this man arrested. It's like you got the police man. They're on their way. So we assured him. We assured him we'd be we'd be more than happy to find another seat for him. Um, and we could assure him that the authorities have already been contacted. <laughs> so fast forward another six hours. Yeah. During that time, there was um, a a couple that was willing to switch seats. So we made that accommodation. And when we landed, you know, she's always like, "What's going on?" When we landed, the cap, the pilot came on and said, "Ladies and gentlemen, um, the authorities are going to be meeting this flight, and um, we have everyone please remain seated um, until right. um, until they have left the aircraft." You can see the guy. He's happy at this He's point. He's like, "Yes, <laughs> okay." So the aircraft door opens. Here come oh probably eight or ten very large, very mean-looking policemen and members of the FBI and undercover people. And so he's, he, the, 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 the color drained quickly out of his face when as they're going, they're on his aisle, and instead of going past him, they go right to him, <laughs> stand him up, and cuff him. And he's escorted off the aircraft. Yes, he picked the wrong he guy. He picked the wrong to guy fight to fight with. Another air marshal story. So this flight attendant was telling me that 
there were these passengers who, there was like a group of them, and they hadn't served them that much alcohol, but she really felt like they were drunk. She didn't know, you're not supposed to bring your own alcohol on the plane, but, you know, we can't watch everybody 24-7. So she thought maybe they had had their own alcohol, and she was talking to the air marshal, and she said, I don't know, they... You know, I'm a little worried there. The whole group seems a little drunk. And he goes, oh, don't worry. I'll, I'll keep an eye on him. And he, he was standing by the bathroom and he's like leaning up against the wall, kind of looking like he's stretching or just standing, whatever. But he's keeping an eye on this group that could be drunk. And one of the guys comes up and starts massaging his back, massaging of course, he doesn't know he's an air marshal, but just a random guy, you're going to start massaging their back. And the the air marshal stopped him. He's like, hey, dude, you know, like, what are you doing? And he went back to my friend and was like, hey, uh, he started massaging my back. He almost got to my gun. He goes, I don't think, I don't think they're dangerous, but they're weird. I was in Paris at Duty Free and about to check out. And um, I like to buy all kinds of things in Paris, like uh, preserves <laughs> or sauces with truffle in it. It's just fun stuff to buy. And uh, then I saw this, what looked like a toothpaste, travel toothpaste product um, by the counter. And I was thinking, oh, this is a nice size. I always like small items. And I was standing in line with the pilot and I said, hey, um, do you think this is toothpaste or hand lotion? And I know you guys might be thinking, well, only toothpaste comes in a toothpaste-like tube. But that's not true. Like in Germany, the, the mustard comes in a toothpaste-like tube. So anyway, the pilot's like, I don't know. He said, but it looks like it might be licorice flavored. And I was thinking, yeah, well, that doesn't help. So I get up to the counter and I said, hey, um, is this toothpaste or hand lotion? Because I don't want to brush my teeth with hand lotion. She's like, yeah, it's toothpaste. It might be unusual, but I don't watch a lot of YouTube or TikTok. But one day I was in a hotel room and uh, I think we were quarantined, not allowed to go out. And uh, I just went down a rabbit hole and I found two celebrities telling airplane stories. And I thought they were both great stories. It's Ryan Reynolds on James Corden and then Leonardo DiCaprio on Ellen. Because, Ryan, what was it that you recognized? Was it a honeymoon couple on a, on a plane? There were, uh, yeah, there was a couple on a, they were on a honeymoon, and the plane hadn't yet taken off. And the um, the the woman who just, just got married uh, just became violently and horribly ill on the plane. I mean, it was not, like, a pretty little, like, sick bag kind of thing. It was just like, I'm going to paint with my organs. Like, it was just crazy. And people were freaking out all over the plane. And, the, and the, they're, they're, so they brought a stretcher down, and they put her on the stretcher, and they're wheeling her away. And, like, the the uh, her, her new husband is just kind of cruising along with the thing, and he sees me, and he's like, Deadpool! <laughs> no way! High five! And I'm, and I'm like, she got like you know like you know like he's like let's touch eyeballs no no and by the way your wife is like half dead help her help her man so it was just a very surreal moment i'm i'm sure they're fine i'm sure they're on their second uh, anniversary now yeah, yeah. just kicking it somewhere wow that's just horrible so what's the scariest thing you've ever done i was on a plane to russia and the engine exploded. I was looking out the window and the entire 
engine just turned into a fireball. It was right after Sully had that incident happen to him where the geese flew into right. both engines. Right, and he landed on the yeah. river. This happened in, in one of the engines, and I was the I was the only person there that seemed to see this, but it was a flaming fireball. It was all Russian um, passengers, and I kind of felt like I'd already died and gone to heaven because no one said anything. <laughs> I was screaming at the top of my lungs, saying, what the hell is going on here? And these people just kind of looked back to me, and the, and the stewardess came out and said, we seem to have a, a slight problem here. <laughs> and the Russian guy finally said, what is the problem? And I said, well, we, we lost one of our engines. <laughs> and <he> said, <laughs> he goes, how many engines did we have? Said, well, we had two. Now we have one. <laughs> And uh, we proceeded to say, that is not, that is not good, that is not good. <laughs> and we basically dumped fuel for 45 minutes and did an emergency landing and all our tires exploded and there was a hundred different ambulances there and it was on CNN and that was another bummer. Wow. Oh my God. It, that's incredible. I feel like I should write a book now. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, I'm going to write it. <laughs> so far away. I was talking to a friend on the phone who's based in Los Angeles, and I was based there for a long time. And uh, with the pandemic, they offered a retirement package, and a lot of people left, and it was kind of hard to know who left and who didn't leave. And so I was like, whatever happened to... I'm not going to say her name. Uh, I was like, you know, she's such a pretty girl, such a classy girl, um, but she never had a lot of luck in love. And he was like, I think she's still flying. I was like, oh, okay. And I, I... told him a story, which I had forgotten. Um, She was talking about how she, I said, oh, how is things going with that boyfriend? She had this boyfriend she really liked. She was all excited about it. She was glowing. And now she wasn't glowing as much. And so I kind of thought, I said, what's going on with the boyfriend? She's like, we broke up. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And she goes, yeah. He gave me this um, pretty silk robe as a present. And I was thinking, well, that was nice. And she said, I found a used condom in the pocket. Now, this was a long time ago. Um, at the time, I was flying domestic, which I'm not a big fan of domestic. It's something that we have to do every now and then, but I'm not a big, right. fa- I'm not a big fan of flying domestic. I'd rather fly uh, Paris. So anyway, week after week, I was walking into the briefing, and I was like, hi, my name is Jean-Louis, and you know, everybody introduced himself. And more and more people were like, so, um, so what's your name again? Uh, so what do you go by? Do you go by John or do you go by Louis or do you go by Jail or can I call you Jail? And I was like, no, my name is Jean-Louis, you know, Jean-Louis as in Jean-Claude, as in Jean-Luc, Jean-Pierre, you know, but I was getting looks and everything. And then one day I snapped and I said, listen, I've managed Le Chantilly and Chiniquois. I'm sure you can manage Jean-Louis. <laughs> I was deleting old emails and I ran across something that made me go, hmm, it was, I think I talked about it on the podcast. Uh, I got an email from a friend. Uh, There were three of us who went to India in 1999, my first big adventure travel trip. And uh, she said she was at work and she was thinking about our India trip. And we had gone at the really the wrong time of year. It was really hot. And uh, we were getting 
we had a lot of frustrating travel experiences and it was everything was harder because it was so hot so we decided to go north and we went to the town of Darjeeling a very picturesque town it was one of the highlights of the trip and she said she was at work and she googled Darjeeling travel and on their Darjeeling travel website was a picture of the three of us and that's curious and odd um this was a trip a long time ago why is there a picture of us on their website (laughs) uh how did they get the picture so I was talking to my crew members about this uh at work and and uh they said well you probably posted the picture somewhere and they saw it and took it and I thought well that's the most likely answer because I used the picture in my book about traveling called uh, Betty and the Jets the adventures of a traveling fool and um I'm pretty sure I had that picture in there and I might have posted it somewhere else so most likely that's where they got the picture but it's odd that they would find the picture of us and put it on their website and then somebody else said well the picture is of us they had like a little photo op where you could put on these traditional tea picking outfits and and pretend like you're picking tea and we loved that idea and we donned the tea picking outfits and we're in the the tea fields and it's a great picture and um they said well you paid a few rupees for the outfit so maybe they took a picture when you took a picture and I was like yeah maybe and then this is the weird part or the funny part um what's the feeling you're supposed to have when somebody has your picture on their website are you supposed to be flattered maybe it's a good picture um are you supposed to be angry hey somebody stole my picture (laughs) no not really but um it's just odd so quite a few people sent me a link on twitter to a story they thought i should include in the podcast so here it is the story is from sly at solitary brother and it said received an email from someone I do not know but interacted with once it floored me what we do for work does not define us how we do it can and it can impact others in ways we may never know it's my reminder to be kind my heart is full he's also a flight attendant so this is what uh, he got When I was five, I was going to Orlando with my family to Disney World, and I had never been on a plane before. I could not stop crying and freaking out, and my mom didn't know what to do. You were one of the flight attendants for that flight, and you sat down next to me and sat with me for the beginning of the flight. You also gave me one of the necklaces you had around your neck and said it was my good luck charm. I kept that necklace for years and even named my pet after you because it meant so much to me at the time. I just wanted you to know, almost 20 years later, I still remember everything you did for me and how much it meant to me. I had to message you and let you know the impact that had on me and how such a small gesture can affect someone's entire life. I just shared a conversation with my mom and she loves it, especially in our world now. Spreading love and positivity is much needed. Best of luck in the year 2022. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time. You can join Bad, Bad Betty, Bad Betty. 
<laughs> so we can travel around the world together. Thanks. Bye. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.